Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. We are on track for our Nutrition for Fertility series uh, leading up to the launch of my Eating for Optimal Nutrition course. So I'm so glad that you're tuning in and getting these tidbits. Whether or not you join the course, I'm hoping that these free sessions for you are informative and I want to deliver as much content and help that I can. And I'm always open to more suggestions of topics. Feel free to DM me at Dr. Christina Burns or at Naturna underscore life or contact the Naturna Institute and I will keep bringing the good stuff. So today is a fun topic. It's one that, you know, I feel like we're already kind of savvy about pesticides and, you know, the argument for organic kind of thing. But I feel like we can get a little bit lazy. And so, you know, part of my intention with these podcasts is to bring things top of mind. So the things that you're kind of aware of, but maybe you need a little reminder, a little extra evidence and information to get you moving in the right direction. It could be said that a lot of the things that I am going to tell you, whether it is in a one-on-one session with me or in this podcast are things that you are already aware of, but if you're not putting them into practice, what benefit are they, right? That's the whole idea of coaching basically, you know, getting you to like motivate and take charge and make those changes, the ones that you weren't doing on your own, despite already kind of knowing that they were the right things to do. So, you know, I love me some research though, to be honest, I'm an even bigger fan of clinical observation known as sort of anecdotal evidence as that's where I learned the real pearls of wisdom. It's basically in the stories and the experiences of my patients and the journey that we go on together that I get the best information and that I develop the best protocols for. But I love research studies because they can give us hints about what direction to take and help us to see things more clearly and to motivate. So I'll fill this podcast with stories of patients and their stories, but in this session, I'm going to be using an evidence-based approach to convince you to swap out your conventional fruits and veggies for pesticide-free versions. Organic is obviously a go-to, but there are also many small farms that don't use pesticides and just didn't get certified because they didn't want to pay and jump through all the hoops to get an organic certification. For that, talk to the vendors at your local farmer's markets and just look for things like pesticide-free produce. It doesn't necessarily have to be certified organic. Let's dive in. The study, Pesticide Residue Intake from Consumption of Fruits and Vegetables and Pregnancy Outcomes Among Women Undergoing Infertility Treatment with Assisted Reproductive Technology. So translation is basically the pesticide intake by women going through fertility treatment, such things like IVF, and what the impact was. It found that women who ate more than two servings of high pesticide fruits or vegetables each day compared with women who ate an average of one per day were 18% less likely to become pregnant and 26% less likely to have a live birth 
than women with the lowest exposure. That's pretty significant in terms of the difference between the groups. It was a study of 325 women undergoing infertility treatment with assisted reproductive technology. Intake of high pesticide residue fruits and vegetables was associated with lower probability of live birth, while low pesticide residue fruit and vegetable intake was not associated with a poor income. So it was pretty clearly defined. Like If you eat more pesticides, you're less likely to have IVF work for you. If you eat less pesticides, you're more likely to have a good result. Scary, I know. Data from other literature that I was reviewing highlight the ability of certain pesticides and or their metabolites, or their byproducts, to persist in the environment for long periods of time, as well as bioaccumulate in the food chain, thus contributing to chronic exposure. So that's how we like kind of keep getting re-exposed. Like it's accumulated in our food, it's accumulated in our environment, it's like going into our water supply. This is why I'm kind of a psycho about having a really good water filter too, like not a Brita, but a good heavy duty one like the Berkey. The way that pesticides mess us up is by acting as endocrine disrupting chemicals, EDCs, and are interfering with the normal function of natural hormones, which are responsible for the regulation of the reproductive system. They can also act as obesogens, promoting obesity and associated comorbidities like infertility. So this is lesser known that I think we knew that like things like xenoestrogens and phthalates and BPA and things like that, that they can affect our hormones. But I don't think people are as aware of the fact, and I've talked about it in my podcast about blood sugar and insulin, that these pesticides and chemicals can actually cause us to gain weight. Like they can cause obesity or contribute to obesity. They're highly inflammatory and can mess up our insulin metabolism. So the way that our cells and and our hormones respond to the food that we're intaking and we can accumulate fat accordingly. So that's pretty scary. And then, you know, the more weight we gain, the more hormonal issues we have. So we become more insulin resistant, which will make us more infertile. We could maybe get high testosterone. We could have poor egg quality. We could have failed implantation. If we have conditions like endometriosis or PCOS or fibroids, those get worse with the weight gain. Those also get much worse with the pesticide exposure. So it's not just like, you know, directly impacting fertility. It's also indirectly doing it by affecting other hormonal and body mechanisms. Several in vitro and in vivo studies have focused on the effects and possible mechanisms of action of these pesticides on the male reproductive system. So it's not just women. We're seeing massive changes in male fertility parameters with exposure or consistent exposure to pesticides. And though they may affect us through diverse mechanism, like either it's like obesogens or it's the you know endocrine disrupting, the result is still the same. It's still leading to fertility issues. So again, the goal is to really be focusing on foods that are less contaminated. And the thing that I always love to go to to help guide this journey is these two lists that are updated every year online, the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. So the dirty dozen are the foods that have the most pesticide residue and the clean 15 are foods that you could eat that like not organic that would tend to have less pesticide residue on them. So you kind of get away with eating the clean 15, even if they're not organic, whereas the dirty dozen, you definitely want to eat organic or pesticide free. So here they are. And you can totally access these online. If you Google dirty dozen clean 15, 2022, you'll get these lists, but I'm going to read them off to you. So you have them in your arsenal right now. Dirty dozen. These are the ones that you do not want to eat unless they are organic or pesticide free. Strawberries, spinach, kale, collards, mustard greens, nectarines, apples, 
grapes, bell and hot peppers, cherries, peaches, pears, celery, tomatoes. Now, a ton of these are in season right now. And so just make sure that you're choosing the ones that are the cleanest version. Now on to the clean 15. So these ones are the ones that you can get away with not buying organic. So if you're trying to be frugal at the grocery store, which I totally understand, I do the same thing, then you want to be really focusing on the dirty dozen buying those organic and these ones you can get away with buying not organic. Another strategy I use in the grocery store is to buy the stuff's on sale, like buy the organic stuff that's on sale. And if the stuff is like $9 for blueberries that are organic, maybe you don't buy them this week kind of thing. So the clean 15, these are the ones, again, that you can eat even if they're not organic. Avocados, sweet corn, pineapple, onions, papaya, sweet peas, frozen, asparagus, honeydew melon, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, cantaloupe, mangoes, watermelon, and sweet potatoes. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of wiggle room to not feel like you have to really like spend all your money all the time on organic food. I think if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, you know how I feel about conventional meats and poultry and fish versus the ones that are wild and pasture-raised. And, you know, there's just a lot of implications. And, you know, again, with the point of these podcasts is to bring this information top of mind and maybe to add a little bit of evidence or a little bit more explanation as to why it is important to follow this. Like if you're trying to get pregnant and it's not working, and especially if you've been struggling for a while, then you owe it to yourself to focus on all these little areas that you have control over. You know, you you don't have control over all the things, right? So like do the things that you do have control over, the little tiny things that could add up to you having a very different result, a very much more positive result, the result that you're looking for. So I hope this was helpful and I really appreciate you tuning in. Love having you as part of the community. I am really happy you tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content in each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at Dr. Christina Burns or at Naturna underscore life to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.